This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, December the 14th, and we're going to start with a story that's been unfolding in the channel since early this morning. Several people are now confirmed to have died after a small boat carrying asylum seekers capsized off the coast of Kent. A government source says 43 people have been rescued alive. Authorities from the UK and France were both involved in the operation. Our reporter Alex G was in Dover earlier. Well, we've seen a deeply tragic incident unfold on the coast today after four people were confirmed to have died after a small boat collapsed in the English Channel earlier this morning. Here in Dover, we saw a lifeboat come into the marina and unload a single body, which was taken away in a private ambulance, presumably to the William Harvey Hospital. While rescue efforts appear to have come to an end, investigations are very much ongoing and people in Dover and indeed across the country will be facing a very anxious wait to hear exactly what happened and how it can be prevented in the future. In the Commons, Home Secretary Suella Braverman has been making a statement. Here's some of what she's had to say. Mr Speaker, these are the days that we dread. Crossing the Channel in unseaworthy vessels is a lethally dangerous endeavour. It is for this reason, above all, that we are working so hard to destroy the business model of the people smugglers. Evil organised criminals who treat human beings as cargo. As the Prime Minister told the House only yesterday, it is not cruel or unkind to want to break the stranglehold of the criminal gangs who trade in human misery and who exploit our system and our laws. He was right. This morning's tragedy, like the loss of 27 people on one November day last year, is the most sobering reminder possible of why we have to end these crossings. We've also been getting reaction from several of Kent's MPs today. Let's hear first from Sir Roger Gale, who's been speaking to Jadzia from our colleagues at KMTV. It's yet another desperate example of the manner in which lives are being put at risk by people traffickers who have no interest in anything other than hard cash. It is quite appalling and we suspect that there will probably have been women and children on board, which makes the matter, if that's possible, even worse. Many will be arguing that this is a clear sign that we need to open some safe routes for people to claim asylum while not in the UK to prevent people having to take these journeys. What would you say to that? What we're actually in need of, I think, is a proper pan-European solution to what is a geopolitical international problem. The Prime Minister has made considerable effort to achieve a cooperation with the French President, with Monsieur Macron. And I think that initiative will yield results in due course. He's also spoken with the Prime Minister of Albania and arranged for the swift return of Albanian economic migrants who are not asylum seekers to Albania. Those are two small steps in the right direction. But this is not an Anglo-French problem. It's a pan-European problem and it requires a pan-European solution. And anybody who suggests otherwise, 
I'm afraid is quite simply wrong. Ashford MP Damien Green says the tragedy shows again that channel crossings need to be stopped. We saw it once before, it was just over a year ago mm. since we had the, you know, the previous big tragedy and, and you just have to draw the conclusion that you know, we need to stop this. Mm-hmm. Not just because we want control of our borders, important though that is, but to save lives, that this is not in any way a a safe, decent way for people to get to this country. I've also been speaking to Canterbury's Rosie Duffield. It's yet another tragedy that could be and should have been preventable if the government had got their act together. And, you know, they've been in power for 12 years. We've been hearing various promises about cutting down on those that offer these really hideous and dangerous routes across the channel and nothing's been done. I think we've had this handful of prosecutions and there have been documentaries that show those people just sitting openly offering trips across the ocean and we're talking about, I mean it's manslaughter really isn't it because they know how dangerous these routes are and really vulnerable people are getting into those boats with all of their hopes and dreams just a few miles away as they think and actually What's happened last night is just another example of how horribly wrong it can go. Obviously, it happened just hours after an announcement by the Prime Minister. What did you make of what he had to say yesterday? It sounds great, doesn't it, that he's on top of things. They keep promising things, you know, that they're going to deploy more people to help, to to make other routes safe so that people don't have to take those routes. But we've heard it all before and we just need to see action now. And, yeah, just a few short hours later, there are people drowning in icy waters. What would a Labour government do differently, Rosie? Um, I think that's a really good question. I think we'd have to work with authorities in France a lot more closely. I think we'd have to get, you know, safe routes open as soon as possible. And then the asylum backlog dealt with. We know there are thousands of people just waiting to hear, waiting in hotels, waiting in detention centres. We've got to clear up the entire system. Now, it was only yesterday that the Prime Minister announced plans to tackle the issue of small boats crossing the Channel to Kent. It's thought more than 43,000 people have made the dangerous journey so far this year. You can listen back to yesterday's podcast to hear more of what Rishi Sunak had to say. Meantime, Tony Smith, who's a former Director General of UK Border Force, has been responding to today's capsizing. It's not the first time it's happened, of course. Last November, sadly, we lost lives. You know, there was a report written about that. That's available. Harrowing stories of people from far-flung places trying to track down whether or not they had relatives on that boat, you know, a significant number of irregular migrants in the EU trying to get across. It's a very, very difficult scenario. But in terms of the operational response, we are now, I think, well-equipped and we have saved, I think, an awful lot of lives. I think we can only you know, count our blessings that we haven't seen more incidents like this. But we really do need to hammer home the message, I think, uh, through media not to do this, not to pay smugglers to get into a boat. It's very tempting when you can see the cliffs of Dover from the beaches of Calais sometimes, and it looks very simple, but these are dangerous waterways. And in these conditions, freezing waters, dark, small dinghies that are not fit for purpose, we've really got to discourage people um, from trying this and not falling into the hands of of human smugglers who really don't care about human life. I've dealt with them in my career. They're not interested in that. They're only interested in the money. Earlier, charities had been criticising the Prime Minister's plans to tackle the refugee crisis, some describing them as incredibly concerning, while they've now also been responding 
to today's developments and further deaths at sea. Kay Marsh is from Samfire, which is based in Dover and works with asylum seekers. It's absolutely heartbreaking and completely avoidable. You know, we were here just over one year ago um, when the last major tragedy happened, very similar. And here we are again. You know, there's been so much talk in government, so many plans and policies and and just wild plans, uh, but nothing, nothing has changed. You know, we're still here once again, loss of life, completely avoidable. I think we can all agree, no matter where you sit on the argument, that the system is broken and it needs a complete overhaul. We need to see this as a humanitarian crisis for what it is and deal with it in a compassionate way. Finally, on this today, we can hear from Enver Solomon, who's the boss of the Refugee Council. Well, let's just, first of all, pause and remember who these people are. They're, they're men, women and children like you and me, but but unlike you and me, they don't have a safe place to live. They've had to flee and they've had to do what any family would do when faced with violence and bloodshed, which is seek safety somewhere else. We saw the images of people fleeing for their lives in Ukraine. We saw what happened in Afghanistan when the Taliban stormed to power. We saw people clinging on aeroplanes The majority of people coming across the channel are people who are fleeing war and violence and bloodshed. The main nationality in the last two months are Afghans, and people know what's happening in Afghanistan, followed by Iranians, and people see the stories on the news of the persecution and torture in Iran. These are people like you and me who have had no choice but to try and reach safety in another country. And we first and foremost need to recognise and understand that because unless we see this as an issue which is driven by the fact that there is violence and bloodshed and persecution across the world, we won't be able to deal with it because desperate people take desperate measures to try and reach safety and that's the reality of the situation that we're seeing today, the real tragedy and those appalling images of people desperately trying to reach safety. Now, you can read this story in full by heading to kentonline.co.uk. You can also watch a video report on KMTV, and we'll continue to cover the story in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A coroner's confirmed a dad of three died in Strood after being crushed by a lorry. An inquest has opened into the death of 44-year-old Andy Millwood, who was killed when his car was hit by the vehicle, which overturned on Station Road last month. The hearing has been suspended because of an ongoing criminal investigation. A 40-year-old man who was arrested at the time has been bailed until February. Police have been stepping up patrols in Paddock Wood after a teenager was punched in the face during an attempted robbery. She reported being attacked near the Tesco Express last Friday night by three women who wanted her phone. A man who attacked his girlfriend and threw her dog out of the room during a drunken argument has been jailed. Maidstone Crown Courts heard how Peter Norman got angry while drinking with a group in October last year and also knocked a double amputee out of his wheelchair while shouting abuse. The 32-year-old, who now lives in North Yorkshire, has been locked up for 32 months and will serve an another two years on licence. This is one of our most read stories today. A man's been arrested on suspicion of theft after dozens of parcels were found dumped.
dumped in the woods in Chatham. At Kent Online, you can see pictures of the packages at the end of Beacon Road in Luton earlier this month. Delivery company Every has apologised. The suspect's been questioned as part of the investigation and released on bail until next March. Kent Online reports. Now, the mum of an autistic boy from North Kent says some of the community's most vulnerable children are at risk of being left behind. It comes after the parents of another teenager with autism say he took his own life after being bullied and then let down by social services. Vanessa Baldacci constantly worries about her 14-year-old son, Frankie. She says it's difficult knowing he could be picked on every time he goes to school. It is hard. Parents do worry. It's not a case of, you know, let them get on with it, see how they are. Um, It's a case of you need to let them, teach them how to cope, put coping mechanisms in place um, and make them feel safe. Because, you know, with these areas of where you have situations um, with young autistic children, um, you know, they're having to cope with the bullying um, or anything that, you know, Where are their mechanisms going to come from? Who's going to be able to teach them that? You know, they can go to a teacher. Is the teacher always going to be there and and be in the right mindfold or the right mindset to actually be able to put things in place? Yes, some are, but not all. Um, And especially, you know, in the first instance, if you've got stuff going on, it's going to make the autistic child feel so insecure. The child would mostly feel unsafe, causing an offset of, you know, what what does it cause? It causes anxiety, it causes frustration, Um, you know, leading to isolation. They want to isolate themselves, they want to stay in, like I was saying before, at lunchtime, not mixing with the other peers, but then, you know, there could be other groups getting involved because this person's going here, there and everywhere. You know, it happens in normal, um, mainstream schools as well as special schools so it goes on everywhere um, they just have to have um, you know try and find a way to cope with that and they can't because they're, they're still learning the world as well as trying to learn an education at the same time especially English and maths which is our main core subjects you know um, reading etc and, and when a child struggles with life it's, uh, you know, we need to actually make it right for them. Well, the NHS in Kent and Medway say they remain committed to listening to young people and their families to further understand their experience of services provided. Lauren Seeger-Smith is from children's charity Kidscape and says parents and young people do need more support. So Kidscape's been around since the 1980s and we're here um, to raise awareness of bullying but also to be on the front line giving practical support to children and families impacted by bullying and we wish we didn't have to exist uh, i think it's really frustrating that we're still you know hearing terrible stories like this and certainly the number of children and families that come to us through our parent advice line and our workshops a testament to the fact that we haven't solved the problem of bullying in our schools and communities so we need charities like ours um, to be able to be there for families and for children and to give that vital support. 
Well, we know that bullying has a really profound impact on children and young people and research from the Anti-Bullying Alliance and Anti-Bullying Week showed that, um, you know, almost a, a quarter of children said they've experienced bullying frequently in the last few weeks. That's a really high number of children. And for children with special educational needs and children on free school meals, that was a third of children. Um, so that's very, very high numbers and bullying can impact physical and mental health. It impacts time in school. And it's not surprising that a lot of children will be out of school all of their experiencing bullying um, and it can have lifelong impacts on your relationships and on your earning potential as well. So we know it has a really profound impact if children don't get that support they need. I think we're living in desperately difficult times for children and families. We know that services, all services are really stretched. So we're often in touch with children and families, for example, who've been on very long waiting lists for support from child adolescent mental health services. Um, we know that youth services have been decimated in our local areas. And so that kind of wider support that used to be in place for schools and for families has just really been impacted over the years. And so there's not enough support at a local level for children and families. And national charities like Kidscape are often running on very tight budgets and don't necessarily have marketing support, for example. And so it's so important to kind of spread the word that there are organisations out there that can help, but it's, it's getting through to those families at their time of need that's a challenge. Well, perhaps this is a story that you can relate to. We'd like to know what you think and hear about your experiences. You can comment via our socials or email news at thekmgroup.co.uk. Kent Online reports. It's the second day of strike action on the trains in Kent. Services are only running on the Dartford Lines, High Speed via Ashford and Sevenoaks Lines and are starting later and finishing earlier. Just 44 out of 180 southeastern stations are open and no replacement buses are running either. There'll be more walkouts on Friday and Saturday and services tomorrow are also likely to be disrupted. Don't forget you can follow the latest travel news on the blog at Kent Online and hear the latest updates on KMFM. Some of you are being told to bring your rubbish back in or take it to the tip after bin collections were cancelled because of the wintry weather. Snow and icy conditions have left some roads inaccessible for waste crews this week. Councils have published information on when yours will be picked up. It's emerged a Maidstone restaurant could be turned back into a nightclub. Madison's on Gabriel's Hill launched at what was Strawberry Moons in 2020 but suddenly shut without warning in August. Now a Faversham-based company have submitted a bid to the council for a change of use of the restaurant. A Herbay couple could be forced to spend Christmas in an Airbnb after their flat was flooded with sewage. Francis and Tony's home on Central Parade has been left badly damaged and presents for friends and family were also destroyed. A similar thing happened to them last year and Southern Waters now offered them £5,000 towards repairs and alternative accommodation. You can see video footage of the flooding by heading to the story on the website. Well done to some snow heroes in Kent. A Medway company's delivered 32 tea boxes to elderly people who had their Christmas party cancelled. Claire's Catering in Gillingham was supposed to be providing food and drink for the event, which was called off on Monday because of the snow. The couple who run the business have driven 50 miles to hand deliver the boxes to each person's home. Kent Online News. Now you're being urged by the Dogs Trust in Canterbury not to buy a puppy for Christmas. The charity says buying a pet online just fuels the illegal 
puppy smuggling trade. They've told the Kent Online podcast that Dachshunds, Bichons and Pomeranians are amongst the top breeds seized in the UK border in the lead up to the festive season. Drivers have been caught putting makeup on, reversing on motorways and even watching videos during a special Kent police operation. Officers have been out in unmarked lorry cabs, which gives them a better view of crimes that are being committed on the roads. Last week, there were a total of 26 traffic offence reports and 13 penalty notices. A reminder, if you are out and about on the roads, Operation Brock is back in force on the M20 ahead of the Christmas rush. The contraflow system's in place between Maidstone and Ashford because highways bosses expect a big increase in traffic towards the Channel border. Bosses in Medway are going to ask the government for nearly £18 million to cope with the demands of educating children with special needs. It's as the council faces a £20 million deficit within its education budget. The authority reckons that'll recover in four years' time if they can get extra funding. Kent Online reports. Now, an award-winning cafe and art gallery chain is expanding to another part of Medway. Cafe Nucleus already has three branches in Rochester and Chatham. The owners are now transforming an old solicitor's office on Raynham High Street. It's due to open next April and we're told the menu will include fine dining and up to 2,000 carefully selected wines. Meantime, two Kent restaurants have made it onto a list of the top 100 in the UK. Soterios in Folkestone and the poet in Matfield are among a small number from outside of London to be included. The list has been compiled by booking website Open Table. A search is underway for a mystery man who's delivered Christmas cards with money in to people in Chatham. Residents on Larkspur Road have received £5 each with a note saying it's to help with heating bills. One of them saw the man who posted it but didn't recognise him as a neighbour. Well, perhaps you are or you know the mystery man. You can email us details. The address again is news at the kmgroup.co.uk. More of the presents you generously donated to the Give a Gift appeal on our sister radio station KMFM have been delivered to children in Kent. The presents are going to charities, hospitals and those in care this festive time. Gary and Chelsea from KMFM Breakfast have been to the QEQM Hospital in Margate. So my name's Tracy. I'm the matron of the Special Care Baby Unit at QEQM. Um, so our unit looks after sick and premature babies. And I'm Emma. I'm the ward manager of Rainbow Ward, which is the children's ward. We take anyone from um, zero, really, so from a few hours after birth, if they've gone home, up until their 18th birthday. That's amazing. And can you tell me a bit about what this means to have these gifts here and any message you'd like to give out there for people that have donated? So this means that any of the babies that are admitted to our unit throughout the Christmas period, we will have something to give them. Um, Those babies that are born prematurely, obviously their parents won't have been prepared for Christmas, so it's nice to be able to give them something. And also the siblings as well, it's nice to be able to give them a little present from their new brother or sister. For us on Rainbow Ward, we um, try and give out to all the children, all the siblings that are coming in over Christmas, and anyone that is in on Christmas Eve does definitely get a special visit from Santa. And finally, George Ezra's due in Kent today. He's performing on Jules Holland's annual Hootenanny TV show, which is being filmed at the Maidstone Studios before being screened on New Year's Eve. Gabrielle will also perform her single Dreams, which is marking, would you believe, its 30th anniversary. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group
with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.